there's been an onslaught of alarmist news headlines proclaiming there's an epidemic of book bans sweeping the country. But the facts just don't support those claims. Today, we talk about the fake news efforts to villainize parents who are speaking up about explicit content in their children's schools. Plus, our special guest Meg Kilgannon from Family Research Council gives us some timely tips on instilling a redemptive view in your child's heart on God's gift for sexuality that can counteract all this negativity. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with FRC's Meg Kilgannon. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia. And thank you, Meg, for joining us for a second show. I'm so happy to do it. I hope it's not too hard on the audience. (laughs) No, I think (laughs) it is a blessing and a joy for our audience. Um, Just for those of you who may have missed our last show, Meg is a senior fellow of education studies. Is that? Yes. um, At at Family Research Council. Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned last time, if you listen to the Washington Watch radio show with Tony Perkins, you will hear Meg come on often. Mm -hmm. And she worked in for the uh, Trump administration in the U.S. Department of Education. We talked about that a little bit last time. We didn't talk so much about that you are a married mom of yeah. four kids. Four children. My youngest is now 19. Oldest is uh, 25. Mm-hmm. And um, the best job I've ever had, of course, was staying mm-hmm. home with them. Yeah. And and um, just enjoying being with them and watching them grow and just it's such a blessing to be able to do that I'm so grateful to my and my husband worked so hard to make sure that that could happen yeah so it's um it's really such a blessing yeah family life and they did this in Fairfax County which is right I yeah it's I don't I don't know that my children could do it now I think they probably I think they could not I would take it definitely takes probably two incomes now to live in Fairfax County sad statement it is, and most yeah. places, not even just in Fairfax, yeah, right. but most places now, it's um, hard well, to make ends meet. You not only have experience in the political world, but also as a mama bear activist. So we need to really pick yeah, Meg's brain on this. And I got a couple of topics. I'm gonna kind really, of my origin story yeah. is with battling it out at the school board meetings with the Family Foundation. It coming, yeah. you guys came up from Richmond and. Um, in Fairfax, I remember it so vividly. I was washing dishes at the kitchen, and I had WTOP on on in my kitchen radio on my radio. Station. Yeah, the local radio station. And I was uh, wanting to hear the weather because I was going to take the kids to the pool after dinner. And um, I was washing some dishes, and they came on, and they talked about this. This they were going to add sexual orientation and gender identity to the non-discrimination policy, and that you know. What the heck does that mean? I, I had a feeling it didn't mean anything good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I just started to do some research, and um, I thought, when I found out what it was, I thought, oh, well, I'm sure that people from Washington are going to come down to over to Fairfax and explain why this just can't happen because, you know, you just can't let boys in the girls' bathroom or boys on yeah. the girls' teams. That's just not going to work. Because at that time you had conservative groups, kind of Washington-based, but you didn't know sure. about any at the state level. Right. right. And so I, no one said or did much of anything. I started going to school board meetings, and Family Foundation was there. 
Now, why did you speak out as a mom and others weren't in the high school arena? Um, what What was different I, about you that you I think decided that, to take that step? I think that, you know, in today's world, Christians are now different. I grew up at a time when everyone essentially was a, a Christian or a or person they of were. faith. They wanted to be right? identified as that. People yeah. went to church, and if they weren't in church, they kind of felt like they should have gone, yeah. right? That it, That is no longer the world we're living in. And we very much organized our life around our life in our church, and that was a lot of our social life was mm-hmm. based around the church. But what I realized was that for the people, especially the people who didn't go to church at all, who was which was a, unfortunately a lot of people, they really did organize their lives around the school, the public school in our neighborhood, the neighborhood school. And that really was kind of their church in terms of their social life. Um, and the church and, and the school also, um, the school would send home backpacks of food with for kids who they felt like the staff felt like maybe they weren't going to be well taken care of mm-hmm. at home. And I and I just I was like, gosh, that's something that the church would have done mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. We would have had it. We would have had a relationship with that family or with those with those folks and, and been able to serve them. And that's kind of that's kind of not so, where our so culture is now. But you had that foundation which gave you. But I had that foundation. And yeah. so my the people in my church community were very supportive of the stand that I was taking. And they were very, uh, you know, I would be, they would say, you know, we're so glad you're speaking up, um, which was really so, so nice. Um, but I, I know lots of lots of other people who've spoken into this issue have not had that kind of support. Yeah. And so, they're so much braver than I ever was yeah. because they're, they're speaking out and it's costing them their job or it's costing them of their friend or that's costing them a family relationship, right? And yeah, that's so hard. This, so this is a great segue into what I want to talk to you about with parents standing up about this explicit content in books. But before right. we go there, I do have a fun get to know you question that I'm okay. still going to try to sneak in here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> now, this question, all of our staff was forced to answer this for the gala we recently <laughs> had that they put up on a slide. So I'm going to make you answer oh, wow. it. Okay. Um, what book other than the Bible do you wish you could reread for the first time? Um, I really love Mark Twain, and I would have to say his biography of Joan of Arc. That would be that would be mine. I love that answer because <laughs> of all the Mark Twain books, that one is probably the one the least people have heard of. He, he, he said at the end of his life he thought it was his best book. Okay, I have to read this. I have not read it's that. It's a really wonderful book. It really, truly is. And I'm a huge fan of Joan of Arc, as people may have guessed. <laughs> now, is this a satirical it's, biography? Of, or No, that's the amazing thing about biography. it, because okay. he was so critical of religion in most of his other works, especially yeah. like Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. But this biography of Joan of Arc, she was um, um, elevated to sainthood around this time of his life, and he... He just was curious about that because it was reported in the news, and he went to France and researched her life and was just amazed by what he found. All right, real and quick. Why would you reread that? I would reread it because there are things in the in her life story that, that are just so unbelievable that um, you want to read them again and be reminded of how really good God is and the wonderful things that will happen if you just listen to him. 
and you do what God asks mm-hmm. of you, as crazy it might as it might seem, um, he 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 is telling you to do it for a reason, and he will see you through it. All right, you just put that on my reading list. I'm definitely motivated to read that. I will real quick share what my answer was. My true and real answer <laughs> <laughs> was the line, "The witch in the wardrobe." Oh, that's yeah. That really had a tremendous impact on me as a child, just really helping helping to open my eyes of what God had done for us and to do mm. it in a way that tapped into my imagination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, and I don't really enjoy rereading books, so if there was one, that would be it. However, another staff member put the same answer, so I changed mine. Okay. <laughs> and I put The Hiding Place. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard read. But it's... Similar. But it's such a good one. Joan know? of Arc. It is. Obeying it, God, yeah. stepping out in faith yeah. in a time of cultural. Very true. Um, it, it is It is yeah. very similar to Joan of Arc. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, always the best things we do in life are the hardest in the end, right? It's no fun while we're doing them. But then when you look back on them, you think, wow, I'm really glad. We grew really, the most. Really glad I did that, and I sure learned a lot. We trusted God the most. We became more mm-hmm. intimate with him in those yeah, times. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I, I wasn't able to be at the gala. Jesse, what was your book? So my book was The Lord of the Rings, and I would love to read that again for the first time, uh, just because I think there's so much um, wonder in that book that, you know, it's still there when you read the plot, and I, uh, you know, when you read it again, and I think there's lots that you can get out of it from from rereading it multiple times but just kind of the first uh time that you read it there's so much awe and wonder in that book but also it's such a a formative um cultural myth uh for the modern west Mm -hmm. there's so much that's been based on that and i think tolkien did a really good job of capturing you know what is really true and good and beautiful about um sort of the the christian culture of the west and this sort of battle between good and evil uh, that's that's always been there, uh, but also sort of the the best elements um, and the best virtues that come out of people even in the darkest times. So, I love the Lord of the Rings and uh, I love Tolkien, and I'd love to be able to reread that for the first time. I I would have to read it for the first time. I must confess. You, oh, you have to read that. I have tried and tried and tried. <laughs> the weird names just get me. All right, you're just too logical. I, <laughs> I <have> creative. <laughs> Just try the audio book. Try the audio book. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. (laughs) That one I I, have reread, so I would. I mean, to be to be a Catholic and not have read that. Yeah, you got to read that. Crowds I run in, it's really. You have to read Tolkien. It's really not something I should brag about, and I don't brag about it. But all right, since we're on books, (laughs) we're going to jump to a more serious book discussion. Yeah. And since you are the education expert. Yeah. And have mama bear activist experience. Right. I do want your take on this. You know, we are still having these battles all over the state and the nation mm-hmm. about explicit content in the classroom, in young children's libraries. But at the same time, we have these people at the national level, media, political leaders, right. trying to villainize these parents and right. basically they're, accuse them of being book banners. They're big bullies is what they are. <laughs> right. Yeah, Who are, are the real bullies? They are. All right. Real quick, I'm just going to give you a, a roundup of recent news headlines. Okay. Um, just to see how this trend is playing out. So here's one from CNN. The headline is, request to ban books hit a 21-year high. So you got that. The New York Times also had one 
about band uh, book bands sweeping the country. You've got this other one from a um, academic publication. What you need to know about the book band sweeping the U.S. Uh, it sounds yeah. like a real epidemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meg, yeah. help us understand the deception here, the reality that is behind these alarmist headlines. I, you know, I say this all the time to the point where I feel like I'm repeating myself in a ridiculous way, but these, no one is banning any books, okay? <laughs> these books are still available for purchase. A lot of times the ones they claim are banned are still available to be checked out in your child's library because they haven't actually even been removed. But um, for some reason, and it is a political reason, um, this idea of book banning is one that must poll really well with the Democratic Party voters because this is a narrative that the media and even the Biden administration are really leaning into that that parents who do not want sexual content in front of their children are somehow we're you know discriminating against uh, groups of people writ large. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think it's it, absurd. Yeah, it, it pulls it, well because who wants to be a book banner? Sure, I'm not a book banner, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> it, and <laughs> no one wants to be called that. No, um, and and we're not, and and parents who are concerned about these things are not doing that. It's so disingenuous. At the most, we would be, um, you could characterize it as a restriction. But what is really happening is we are requesting that the librarians who are responsible for reviewing the material that's in the library mm -hmm. apply a strict standard when it comes to material that includes sexual topics, topics related to drug abuse, drug use, the glamorization of that, the idea of um, violence in books. Graphic violence. Graphic violence. All of these themes are when you're reading it, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about reading is that you're making up the picture in your head, right, of what's mm -hmm. happening on the page. And so we don't want images, our children creating images of things of that nature, right? Yeah. And this is not, this isn't something that just, you know, conservative Christian parents want. Right. This is a widely held value. Right, that's why you're seeing so many battles at this school boards. Exactly. There was a, it's still there a problem. Was, there was a protest in Canada recently yeah. where they were protesting the inclusion of this agenda in the school system. I mean, I don't think anybody's including most Cana accusing most Canadians of being yeah, especially conservative, yeah. right? They're a very tolerant kind of culture up there. and. Yeah. They're saying if no. If Canada's right? upset, we have a real problem. I think that we're. I think if Canada's upset, we can figure yeah. that we might have something here, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because this has been super high profile. This has escalated during the month of September because this is when we have the so-called Band of Book Week, right? But if right. you look at the actual numbers, you know, when when I worked at Focus on Education Issues, I had to look at this every sure. Year. And if I'm well aware of the fact. If you look at the numbers, Meg, I know, has looked at this too. What do you see? You do, you see books being uh, brought up by parents because of sexually explicit. The, yes. the number one concerns being right. brought up are not Mark Twain. Right. <laughs> it's not anymore. I mean, there might be one-offs. <laughs> sure. You know, but well, they've already gotten rid of him. Right. <laughs> That's sad. All right, Meg is right? referring to yeah to our woke <laughs> problem. But, okay, so those are one-offs on the extreme fringes. Mm -hmm. um, what we are dealing with 
the vast majority, as people like to say, are mm -hmm. sexually explicit right. challenges. Yes. Um, please put this in a, a higher grade level. Take this off the elementary, right. you know. Right. Um, or let me know before the child checks it out. That's what this is about. Right. Sexually it, explicit, graphic violence, profanity. Yes. Um, yes. The promotion of transgenderism. Right. Right. This is what... If you look at the numbers, that's what it is. And the it, there and there's the um, oppressed versus oppressor narrative that's in some the, of these. The books, critical race right? theory, all is the critical race theory. Yeah, yeah. There's so many, so many things that um, there there's so many things that are not including that content, right? That we could be putting in front of our children. Yeah. So why is it the insistence on the inclusion of this material in particular? Yeah, we just talked about wonderful books, right? Again. Mark yes. Twain. Right. Um, well, we got to cancel him, though. But even even with him, that. even I, I'm I'm not for canceling Mark Twain, obviously. But I'm just saying, like that, that isn't going to be one that they would accept. But there is plenty of material that is wonderfully rich and informative for children that doesn't include these kinds of themes. Um, and I, it it really, I've been I've been thinking about this really seriously. Our oldest daughter was a really voracious reader, and this whole genre of young adult fiction literature, mm -hmm. literature, I wouldn't even Which call it that. Which is now like graphic novels and not words. It is hardly literary, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't have that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm 55, okay? I'm yeah. old. I'm not that old. But when I was a child, I also read a lot. And when I got to be in my teenage years, I was reading, you know, books that were for adults. And my parents knew that I was reading books. Not It wasn't that there was objectionable co uh, content. It was just books that they had also read, right? Now we have a whole genre of literature for children that I didn't read because it wasn't available when I was a kid. And so this, um, there is a lot in that genre I started to read it when my daughter was reading it because mm -hmm. I was just curious about what is this is yeah. this a is this a good theme or they is this is this something that has people who are you know um, seeking to be good and true yeah. and beautiful right or is this something not is and it like this angst literature of course or, yeah yes and and the whole you know there I, my kids were when my kids were little the Harry Potter controversy was a hot oh, yeah. one right um, and we had many, many people. I mean, if you, you know, a, a homeschool listserv on Harry Potter like, was don't like, even give us in the I Harry can't, Potter let's just not even, right? Yeah. But what that, what that did though, was it, it got, there's a whole uh, genre of occult literature too here. Yeah, I right? absolutely agree with that. That's yeah. a, that's a theme. That's a big theme in young adult literature. And so this is now the content that's in the library for kids. And yeah. I just, I'm not sure that parents well, really have a handle on what's in there. And, and when I say angst literature, I'm talking about these kind of, you're bringing, you're bringing the street life into mm -hmm. the literature and having the, them read about the graphic details of that, um, having them get immersed in kind of um, cutting, suicide, those kind of things. Right normalizing yeah. that behavior yeah it's or Sympathi really. sympathizing with that behavior it's very like, glorified it, yes it's and it and it's um and and so the response from from the the educational community a lot of times is well we need people we need kids to see things that's like them right and i've never really bought into this but should it be required reading for the entire class i mean no. maybe that's and, true in certain, but even if let's grant that 
there are cases that might help a very traumatized child that's been in those circumstances. Does that need to be blanket assigned to the entire you know, ninth grade reading class or right. whatever happened to Laura Murphy's child that we have talked right, about. Right, yeah. right, right, right. I mean, that that really is the um, that really is the question: is do you want people who to to read things that that uh, glamorize an unfortunate situation that they may be facing, or do you want to present them with material that they can aspire to achieve? Yes, something that you can escape your reality and and imagine another life for yourself. Yes, one that is that. Um, you know, as a Christian, I believe that we're all created in the image and likeness of God, and he's put us on this earth for a reason. And and I try to figure out what is that, why am I here? What is it that he has asks, wants me to do? What is he asking of me, yeah. right? And this is a question that teens especially grapple with. What are they going to do with their lives? Well, I guess with the reading levels, forget even getting to... Dickens, where mm. um, you can actually look at someone beautifully addressing poverty and social right. justice issues yes, in a redemptive absolutely. way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Complicated characters. Yeah. People who aren't nice, right? right. People who exploit yeah, others. That's all dealt with yeah. in that one in dimensional. That, in, in, in Dickens, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just, you mentioned the Biden administration role in this. Right. I do want to remind our listeners that we had talked about before this whole thing of the Department of Education, the U.S. Department of Education being weaponized against local schools. We talked about how the DOE's so-called Office of Civil Rights <sighs> launched an investigation into this Georgia school district um, for simply responding to the concerns about books that, you know, like we're talking about sexual, sexually explicit content, promotion of sexual agendas. Um, you know, now they've got trainings that they say they're doing out of right. this Office of Civil Rights. It says they're going to provide trainings for schools this nationwide. Let me just say on how book bans can create a hostile environment. <laughs> so, they yeah. required this school district in Forsyth, Georgia, who, who removed this material from their libraries, as is their total right to do. There is no obligation of the taxpayer to provide this to pay for books like this for, for the public. The public has no obligation to pay for this, right? And certainly no school has an obligation to put it in front of children. They required, the, the Biden Department of Education required the school to post on their website a letter of apology to the LGBT wow. community and the to, to apologize for the trauma that may have been caused to the LGBT community by the actions of them daring to remove this material from their library. In response to the peer, to numerous yes. parents. Yes. Yeah. So this tells you the level of like double, triple, quadruple down the administration is going in this regard. They are against really parents. leaning into this message. Mm -hmm. And in even in um, President Biden's um, initial ad for his reelection campaign, he talks about this issue in the campaign and shows a stack of book ban banned books in the video portion of the. So we're, you're going to be hearing a lot more about this. <laughs> and and um, it's important for people to understand that we are not banning books. We are we are trying to make sure that we are stewarding public resources in an appropriate way and that books that are are um, wholesome, that are good for children, that are um, that cause you to to aspire to something greater than yourself is the kind of literature that we want our children to read, right? Well, meanwhile, Meg, this continues to play out in Virginia. We've got parents in Lexington, Virginia, dealing with this recently. 
and I saw this news report where this poor mom was talking about her child having to read or, you know, being exposed to explicit content in the middle school library. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's just listen to a clip real quick um, from that parent. And it's Perfectly Normal by Robbie Harris and Kiss Number 8 by Colleen Venable. According to Lexington City School Superintendent Rebecca Walters, both books were in the Lyburn Downing Middle School Library until recently. Walters says both books were deselected from the library's collection within the last week and a half. It's perfectly normal details puberty and different types of sexual intercourse with pictures showing different sex positions and diagrams of genitalia. One middle school mother says she was appalled to hear this kind of material was in her child's school library. I don't want my child even thinking about sex in middle school. In a statement to 10 News, Walter says the books were removed because we found graphic and explicit illustrations not appropriate for our middle school library and content that does not align with our approved family life curriculum and resources. So Meg, I guess this school, they're actually trying to do the right thing here, it sounds like. I guess they can expect a call from the Biden administration. <laughs> right. I, I think, unfortunately, I fear they might actually expect a call from them. Um, it, it the it's never really it's never been more important it's always important for parents to be the most important person in your child's life it's never been more important for than now for parents to be engaged with their children's education and with their children just in general mm. you know we all get so busy i i always talk about the fact that it was it's truly the greatest my children are the greatest joy of my life my husband my children my family and when i when I really think about it, I wonder sometimes, am I really modeling the fact that I feel that joy <laughs> or am I stressed out and rushing people around and complaining yeah. about laundry or or some other of the duties that we moms have? Um, it, it, you know, I think we, we, we need to be um, we, we need to be aware of the what our children and our and our husbands that we face when we leave our home and we go into the world it, it's not the same world that we grew up in it, it is a it's a it's a very a world that's very hostile to our values that we have so, as christians yeah. and so making your home environment a real sanctuary and understanding that there's a there's a billion dollar porn industry that's after mm -hmm. your children they want your children to see this material. Well, let me, let me just say first, kudos to that mom. Yes. She's being aware of this book. It's perfectly normal. I think that was the name and, of And that goes to show you, too, that we aren't objecting to this material only because of the LGBT content, yes. right? That's a book that's been objected to over many, many decades <laughs> since it's basically since it was published and put in the schools. And that's because not because it, 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 it doesn't have that content in it. That's just too sexually explicit. Right. Yeah. It's just too explicit. It might have some of that. I'm not now sure. it might. It's yeah. probably been re-edited to be inclusive. Like she said, I don't want my child having to sit there and ponder sexual activities in her right. middle school class. Right. So, yeah. Well, Meg, I do. I feel like um, I want you to get back to your advice for parents because I do feel like all this does feel overwhelming for parents. And we're talking about the Biden administration coming after their school. Right. What is the encouragement for parents that they can succeed in protecting their child's heart? Um, well, 
obviously the most important relationship we have on this earth is the one that's within our family, right? This is and the most powerful and the most powerful. I mean, God could have sent his son to earth in any form and he put his son in a family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> As the child of a mother and a, and a foster father, mm-hmm. right? And so we, we see the power of that. The, the, I'm Catholic, and our tradition is that the the family is a is the model of a domestic church. It's the model model of a Trinity: mother and father with the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. what creates the children, right? Mm-hmm. And and creates this whole thing to keep it going. So, um, it's so so powerful and so important, and so it is constantly under attack. I mean, you feel like you're under attack because you are, and it is a very because spiritual so important because it is so important. It is a spiritual battle, and so. We have to, we, we really, we, as parents, you know, you never pray more than when you're a parent, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> for your kids. Um, but you, you need to pray for your children, and you need to be available to them. I, when my, um, my younger colleagues at, at, the, at, a, at Family Research Council are having babies and staying up late with the babies, and, you know, I'm also staying up late with my kids. I'm waiting for them to come home. I want to see... How, what have what have they been up to? You know, mm-hmm. and and older children, they want to have conversations later at night. It seems like mm-hmm. they're they're up. They they come to you when you're your most tired <laughs> with their biggest problems, and we need to be available to them at that time. And so don't and underestimate that power. There, because yeah. even though all these external forces that we're talking about, you, I think there's been studies. You actually yes. have the most. Power Absolutely. as their mom they're, they're, to counteract those things. It's so true. Even even sociological studies prove <laughs> that children are most comfortable talking about these things with their parents. It's awkward, right? We know we want to maintain our children's innocence, and so we don't want to be the ones who start talking to them about pornography or start talking to them about mm-hmm. about sex too early. But I think now we need to understand that they're. There's a billion-dollar porn industry talking to our kids about these things, mm-hmm. and it's happening at younger and younger and younger ages. So we can think our children are protected from these images, and we can think our children are not are not seeing things online, but I'm afraid that they are, and it is incumbent upon us to make sure that our children understand what what does it mean? What is sex for? We're made for love. We are made for for the for, for being united to our, our husbands in marriage, or for men to be united with their wives in marriage, and the 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 unity of that is so powerful and full of so much love, it can generate another person. That's what this is for. Tell them the and good message to counteract we, the negative yes. that's out there. Yeah. We have all the good news about sex, and we have to stop being stingy <laughs> with it, right? Yeah. We that's should be more proud board. of it, yeah. right? Let's not be stingy with the good news. I like that, Meg. Um, so, all right, real quick, are there any resources for helping parents, you know, dealing with things like counteracting the porn industry or, you know, um, that you want to throw out there real quick? We have um, one of my colleagues, David Clotson, has just written a book um, called Male and Female. He created them. That's a sort of a sex education study guide for churches and, and okay. parents. And um, I'm a huge fan of Katie Faust, and she's writing a book, and I think, I I can't remember the title of it, it's going to be out really soon, but it's about how to raise Christian children in a a blue state, because they Mm. live in Seattle, Mm. Washington, and so that's a 
feels really, like we all need that now, right? Yes, right. And so um, I'm excited to read that book because I know Katie's going to have some great advice for us. Right, those are excellent so. suggestions. And pray. Yes. Do not <laughs> underestimate that power either. Go to church. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing us back to the basics here. And thank you for your encouragement. Please share this with parents who need encouragement in this world that we live in. And with that said, I'm just going to do our usual weekly reminder to make sure to share our podcast so we get other people equipped with these messages. That's the Speak Up Virginia playlist. Remember that you can share and like us on our audio-only formats, whether it's Spotify or Apple. And I do want to throw in a plug for early voting. Remember to use your biblical stewardship. Go ahead and, and exercise your right to vote now. It's already started, and we do have information on Family Foundation. That's familyfoundation.org about how to get a voter guide. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. Remember, we are stronger when we speak together. Thank you.